this series the, uh, the, on the I am statements of Jesus found in the, in the Gospel of John. Um, Jesus, uh, throughout that Gospel, uh, seven different times, uh, gave these statements starting with I am, and then he produced a, uh, or, or said a, a word picture, a metaphor of some type that helped us understand who he is and the difference that, uh, that he, he makes in our lives. And so last week we, sa- we saw Jesus say, I am the light of the world. Uh, whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light that leads to life. And so if we, if we truly follow Jesus out of the darkness and into the light, not only do we have the hope of eternal life with him, but we also carry his light into the dark places of our world. I am the light of the world. In John chapter 6, we find another of Jesus' I am statements, um, and, and it's actually a, a pretty controversial passage. Uh, after Jesus' little sermon there in, in John chapter 6, uh, there's actually a, a mass exodus of many of his followers. They, uh, they, they took off because they just couldn't go along with what Jesus was preaching. And uh, I mean, it, literally, and, and we'll get there today, but uh, at the end of this sermon, uh, it, it says in verse 66 in John 6, uh, from this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. So this is this is kind of a, a controversial place, uh, but it all started with the with the central focus of the sermon in John six verse thirty five. It says that then Jesus declared, "I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty." I, I don't know how uh, easy or hard it is for you to. Um, to eat right or not, it tends to be a weakness of a lot of us, right? There was a, uh, I heard the story of a health food restaurant that opened in a small town right next to the barbecue joint that had been there for years. And, and uh, uh, the, the new uh, health food restaurant posted a sign that says, eat here and live a long life. And the next day, uh, the, uh, somebody driving by saw the barbecue restaurant had put up a sign that said, uh, said eat here and die happy. Right, we, we we tend to we tend to lean toward that and not necessarily make the best food choices in the world. We don't always feed on things that are good for us. Uh, most people have certain cravings, right? Maybe you're a, a chocoholic, or you just like sweets in general, or or maybe it's it's the meat and the proteins that that, that you just really love, or or maybe it's the the the, the healthy leafy stuff. Or uh, for many people. Uh, including myself, it's, it's the bread, right? It, uh, I have a real hard, to, I would have a real hard time if I ever have to go on a low-carb diet. I, I, I love the bread in all of its forms. I, I believe that since Jesus said, I am the bread of life, that I'm pretty sure a low-carb diet goes against Scripture. And I'm going to stand on that until, until the, uh, well, anyway. Uh, I, wanna, I want us to look, so we saw that one verse. It's taken right out of the middle of this sermon in, in John chapter 6. Uh, and I want us to look at the context of, of this uh, uh, this, this statement where Jesus said, I am the bread of life. I want us to get a running start on it. And then we're going to read a lot of this sermon, uh, just uh, straight out of scripture, uh, and, and see uh, exactly what Jesus is saying and, and how that can apply to our lives. But, but before Jesus gets to this sermon, the day before, so this is kind of like when you're, it seems like every, every show uh, these days, you, you're dialing in and you're getting ready, and then it says, 
two years ago or 48 hours ago or so that's 24 hours ago okay so so the day before um jesus had just fed uh, a huge crowd miraculously five thousand men and their families uh, you've probably heard the story uh he, he'd been preaching all day he'd been healing everybody they're out in the middle of nowhere there's no buffet close by so jesus took a, a boy's lunch uh five loaves of bread and two fish and he expanded it to feed this crowd probably in excess of 20,000 people. And, and it wasn't just a snack. He didn't just give them a bite or two to tide them over. It says they ate until they were full. They couldn't eat any more. And each of the 12 disciples collected a basket full of leftovers. So, so this was abundance, right? Jesus truly uh, provided for them. Uh, uh, this, they expanded this meal and provided food. It's, it's an amazing story. It's one of the most well-known miracles of Jesus, and, and, and it was a great gr- church growth strategy that continues to this day, but we call it the church potluck, right? Where we, we think food is a way to get to people's hearts. It, Jesus did indeed gain a lot of followers that day. He won over the crowd uh, with his teaching, with his miracles, but mostly through satisfying their hunger. That night, so Jesus did all that all day, uh, that night Jesus went up the mountain to pray alone and he sent the disciples out on the boat uh, to, uh, to head back home across the lake. And then there's another, probably even more famous miracle that took place uh, where, where Jesus uh, joined the disciples in the middle of the lake walking on the water, right? He scared his disciples to death. Peter got out of the boat and walked for a couple of steps before he uh, doubted and started sinking. Uh, they, they got back in the boat. It says then immediately, kind of miraculously, they ended up back in Capernaum across the lake. And, uh, and, and so this is the context uh, of, uh, of, of where, uh, where Jesus has been and what he's been up to before he preaches a sermon in John chapter 6. So many great lessons and, and sermons have been taught from those two miracle stories, but, but for this morning, they're just the context around the conversation with Jesus and the crowd the next day. See, people from, from that crowd who had eaten the miraculous uh, lunch the day before, they had looked for Jesus. They knew he hadn't gone with his disciples in the boat because they saw him head here and they headed across the lake. But, but then they're looking all around. They can't find him. And they finally go back across the lake and they find him there and they wonder how in the world did you... Well, let's, we'll just read it. John chapter 6, beginning in verse 25. When they, this is the crowd who's just eaten all the miraculous uh, uh, food the day before, when they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus answered, very truly I tell you, you are looking for me not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him God the Father has placed his seal of approval. Then they asked him, what must we do to do the work God requires? Jesus answered, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. So they asked him, what sign then will you give that we may see it and believe you? What will you do? Our ancestors ate manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said to them, very truly, I tell you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, always give us this bread. And Jesus declared, here it is, here I am. I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. 
So hunger is kind of a weird thing. God gave us this sensation of hunger so that we'd be regularly reminded to eat because without nourishment, we'll die. And, and, and as we eat, the hunger subsides. Our bodies use the nutrition the food provides, and then pretty soon, we're hungry again, right? Uh, hunger works like that. It's, it's never completely satisfied long-term. We get satisfied short-term, but we always get hungry again. We get what we're craving, but then we always want more. Jesus had, had just spent the, the entire day before teaching and healing these pe- people, capped off with this miraculous meal, and so naturally they wanted more. They were following Jesus for what he could do for them. Jesus wanted them to believe in him, to know him. It seems like these people wanted a transaction. What do we need to do so that you'll feed us again? The, uh, the, the people, we, our ancestors, they got manna. What, what do you got for us? But Jesus didn't want a transaction. He wants a trusting relationship. I, I don't know. You think about the relationships in, in your life. I, I, I receive a lot from uh, from my close relationships. I think of my my uh, uh, personal uh, family relationships. I receive a lot from my relationship with Rebecca and, and our kids. There's, there's joy and fun. There's love and acceptance. I mean, there's Christmas gifts, right? There's, there's uh, Father's Day presents. In just a couple short months from right now, I am sure that they are already planning on showering me with amazing, over-the-top, wildly expensive presents to celebrate my birthday at a party that they are already planning. I, I understand this is probably in the works. I, I benefit greatly from my relationship with my family. I, I'm not in relationship with them for what I get, though, right? I mean, that's... I'm not just transacting business. I, okay, it's not, well, okay, I'll, I'll provide uh, for, uh, for, for the, the, the food and I'll take out the garbage and, and I'll, I'll clean a little bit. You need to make dinner and uh, benefit, uh, clean this and do, uh, it, that's not how a trusting relationship works. I'm, I'm in relationship with my family because I love them and I want to be with them and I want to grow closer and we want to experience life together. It's not just this transaction of, of, of uh, I scratch your back, you scratch mine. Sometimes when it, when it comes to Jesus, I think though we're a lot like that crowd. Jesus does some, some pretty incredible things in our lives and, and we're drawn to him, but mainly for what we can get for what he does for us. It's, it's pretty much a, a selfish, dare I say, immature relationship. Jesus was, was trying to get that crowd to go deeper, to see that following him means total and complete devotion to him, not just hanging around for the benefits. The bread that Jesus is offering isn't physical, butter it up, melt in your mouth bread. It's the stuff spiritual life is made of, and it satisfies so much more than a good meal at the end of a hard day. But as, as the, the disciples soon realized, and, and as we read it, I think you will too, we're going to read the, the next part of this sermon. Uh, I, I guess I just got to say, it gets a little weird, okay? It, it, uh, uh, it, again, by, uh, by the end, uh, there's some folks in the crowd saying, this is a hard teaching. Who can accept it? 
Okay, it gets it just it was, so verse 47, we're, we're going to jump back into it. Uh, Jesus is talking to this crowd back and forth. He's just said, I am the bread of life. Uh, whoever uh, believes in me will never go hungry. Uh, uh, whoever comes to me will never be thirsty. And now he, he, he says, starting in verse 47, very truly I tell you, the one who believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate manna in the wilderness, yet they died. But, but, but here is the bread that comes down from heaven, which anyone may eat and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I give for the life of the world. Then the Jews began to argue sharply among themselves. How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Jesus said to them, very truly I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life and I will raise them up in the last day. For my flesh is real food and my blood is real drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my... Aren't you ready for him to just not say eat flesh, drink blood anymore? I mean, this is getting a little weird. Uh, Just as the, the living father sent me and I live because of the father, so the one who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Your ancestors ate manna and died, but whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. He said this while teaching in the synagogue at Capernaum. On hearing it, many of his disciples said, this is a hard teaching, who can accept it? I mean, I told you it got a little weird. Sounds a lot like cannibalism. Uh, I don't know if that's what you signed up for when you came to Jesus, right? But uh, that's what it sounds like here. You just keep thinking, Jesus, tell them it's a metaphor. Help them understand. This is just a word picture. Tell them. We have the perspective of, of many years and study, and, and we can see that Jesus wasn't talking about physically eating his body and drinking his blood. It's, it's a metaphor. For the most part, it's, it's a metaphor. So I have to ask a question as I'm reading through this. Jesus says the, the, that we need to feed on him Metaphorically speaking, then, what are you feeding on? Jesus says feeding on him brings life, eternal life. He says it over and over again, and it's the only way to experience real and eternal life. So, so what are the alternatives? What, what, are, what do people feed on that don't bring that life? There's, that's the insinuation here, right? That there are many things that people feed on that don't produce life. There's a, there's a book uh, uh, written years ago. Uh, Richard Foster uh, wrote, wrote a book years ago simply titled Money, Sex, and Power. And those are probably the top three hungers in people's lives that, 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 that get us in trouble, right? Hungering after money, after sexual gratification, and after power have taken so many people down the wrong roads and away from God and caused so much destruction. Sin and selfishness pervert the hungers of our lives. It's not the money that's bad, but the greed. It's not sex that's bad, but the perversions of it. Power isn't bad, but it must be handled with discipline. Sin perverts our hunger and takes us away from Jesus. But maybe we're not necessarily feeding on sin. Maybe we're just entertaining ourselves with it. Uh, the things we, that we put before our eyes that, that come across our screens are, are so many times filled with images and messages that are, that are contrary to the things of God and, and certainly not healthy to feed our souls. 
I'm not saying that there's never a time to kick back and relax, but, but we need to discern what we are allowing into our minds, what we're feeding on. A lot of it, can I just say, is junk food, right? Part of acknowledging Jesus as the bread of life directs our attention to what we're feeding on that's not the bread of life, that's not holy. So pray about it. Give, give the Holy Spirit access to your phone. Give him your password. <laughs> I think he's already got it. Uh, give him access to your DVR, your remote, your search engine. What are you entertaining yourself with, feeding on? Or sometimes I, I think we build our lives around things that maybe they're not really sinful, they're just not Jesus, right? We, we put our hope in, we, we try to find fulfillment in things like our careers, our, our education, our hobbies, our relationships. I mean, they're good things, they're just not Jesus. They're not the bread of life. I, I guess maybe, I mean, growing up... Uh, Maybe, maybe you're like me in that maybe uh, late afternoon, uh, you ask your mom for a snack, and what does she say? It'll spoil your dinner. There's a mom talking right there. She's said that a couple of times before. It, it's, it'll ruin your dinner. It'll spoil your dinner. Uh, what do we mean by that? Well, you're going to fill up on junk food, and then you're not really hungry for the food that's going to nourish you. The food that has, was lovingly prepared for you, the food that will truly satisfy you. How true is that in our spiritual lives? We, we get, we, we, we let things other than Jesus get in the way of relying on Him completely. Jesus says that unless you feed on Him, you have no life. It says in this, in this, uh, uh, passage. He's talking about eternal life, heavenly life. It's not just a worse life. It's not just, oh, you'll, you'll, you'll get by. He says if you don't feed on him as the bread of life, there is no life, no eternal. Jesus is the source of your soul. And you have no hope of heaven, no communion with him for eternity, no relationship with him, no life without feeding on the bread of life. What are you feeding on that is diminishing your hunger for Jesus, that's, that's spoiling your dinner? Don't let anything take the place of Jesus, the bread of life. Only he can satisfy the hunger of your soul. Well, how do we, how do we feed on the bread of life? It's, you know, it got real confusing and, and a little weird there in that, in that sermon, and the people got real confused because they thought he was saying actually eat his flesh and drink his blood. But, but uh, what, what do we need to do? Well, he says that in verse 35. We, we read it. It's the, the, the core passage of this, or the core verse of this passage. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Feeding on the bread of life means coming to and believing in Jesus. Just as simple as that. At, at the risk of, of getting all technical with the wording and, and all those kinds of things in here, I, I want you to notice that, that the verbs Jesus used here, come to me and believe in me, are, they're, they're what your English teacher would call present participles. I know you came to church to find out about present participles, right? Well, this is good. Hang with me. Simply put, Jesus isn't talking about a, a one-time transaction of coming to him, getting what you need, and then going on with your life. <laughs> Just like eating, it's an ongoing thing. 
We, we get hungry, we satisfy that hunger, and then we get hungry again, and we satisfy that hunger again. It, it's, it, it's, it's something that's ongoing, it's a present part, it's, it's, we, uh, we, we come to him and keep on coming, we believe in him and, and keep on believing. I know there's a journey song in that somewhere, right? Don't stop believing. It's a continual thing. We don't just feed on the bread of life and, and get our full and that's that fill and that's that. We, we continue to nourish ourselves. Just, just like our bodies need ongoing nourishment to survive, our souls need the same, a continual feeding on the bread of life. Living life, believing in and following Jesus provides the sustenance that lasts for all eternity. We, we do that by intentionally filling our lives with practices and habits that, that help us grow closer to Jesus. Uh, praying, reading and studying scripture, devoting time to worship, uh, uh, learning from others, uh, all, the, all the things that, that we talk about that I feel like I talk about a lot and the, the habits that need to be part of things and those, those cards that, and the questions that we ask and all the, how are, all those things are involved. But, but don't just get bogged down in a bunch of religious activities. Do Maybe, maybe this is, do whatever it takes to know Jesus, to keep on coming to him, keep on believing in him, feeding on the bread of life. I'm, I'm reminded of, or was reminded this week of a little meditation that I heard years ago. I mean, many years ago, and it was written many years before that. Pastor and author Wilbur Reese wrote this little devotion. It's part of a, of a book that he wrote with the same title. It says, I would like to buy $3 worth of God, please. Not enough to explode my soul or disturb my sleep, just enough to equal a cup of warm milk or a snooze in the sunshine. I want ecstasy, not transformation. I want the warmth of the womb, not a new birth. I want a pound of the eternal in a paper sack. I would like to buy $3 worth of God, please. The people in, in that crowd wanted what Jesus could give them. Another meal. Three bucks worth of God. Jesus. Oh, there's so much more. Live life with me. Trust in me for everything. Don't follow me for just what I can do for you. Follow me because of who I am. I am the bread of life. 